Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Let's Talk EU podcast today on the challenges of the EU digital agenda for asset managers. I'm your host, Josina Kamening, and I am head of regulatory outreach in EMEA for CFA Institute. And today I have with me one of the two authors of the CFA Institute and CFA Society Spain briefing paper on fintech in the EU, which has just been completed and is launched. So today with me, I have Azara Melero, is a volunteer in our Spanish society, but mostly in her day job. She is swimming in the fintech, as, as I would say, swimming and, and bathing in this, in this atmosphere. So she is really one of the volunteers, I would say, in the EU who most would know and is passionate about fintech. She is in her day job uh, working as Head of Compliance and Conduct at Pagonext OneTrade, which is the fintech created by Banco Santander, which is integrating the most disruptive digital and payments businesses. But during her career, she has been a strategic partner to financial institutions, large corporates, industry associations, providing complex and tailored advice on regulatory compliance and corporate governance. And I think that angle is really important when we talk about fintech. I think this is where CFA Institute is, is that is the angle that we're looking at, which is this corporate governance. How, how do you deal with a new product with a market that has been in existence for a long time? And of course, how do you deal with the complexity of this for both institutional investors and retail investors? But you've also have taken up, a lot of your time is taken up with CFA Society Spain, where you are part of the advocacy committee. And you're also part of our EU SAC, which is an advocacy committee, which engages with CFA Institute, the research and advocacy division, basically advising us on topics that we might look at and research in the EMEA region. So Zara, it's lovely to have you with us. And certainly before I go over to, to ask you some questions about the report, I also want to mention a very new report that has come out that CFA Institute published, which is about the future state of the investment industry. CFA Institute, in that report, surveyed its, its global membership and basically looked and uh, to see with, what are the perspectives in the next five to 10 years and what are we as a CFA Institute membership globally preparing for the evolution. There are four scenarios, and, and I will just touch on the points that I think are relevant for fintech. One is on diverging worlds, one is on sustainable finance, but also the digital transformation and the end of cheap money. Each of them are reflecting a potential development, both for the investment profession and the investment professional. In the diverging worlds, different goals and values amongst various geographical, generational, socioeconomic segment, segments are leading to diverging opinions and preferences and are increasing the demand for more personalized products and a more personalized approach to financial services. And that's where fintech is going to come in as well as artificial intelligence, of course. Financial services participation rates increase globally, but vary from one market to the next. Simple, easy-to-access mobile-first products and platforms that harness client data, drive personalization and broaden financial services access across demographic groups. But also direct indexing and tokenization 
amongst other technology, which is enabling investment products and encouraging a more targeted capital allocation. So this is really important, but also in, in digital transformation, AI and human intelligence, the equation is taking greater importance and it's being outsourced to large language models like LLMs and GPT and other tech solutions, leaving human professionals and indeed analysts free to conduct a more extensive investment analysis. So this both is, is, is enabling, but it's also dangerous. And I think that's where uh, the recommendations that we are providing uh, for investment organizations, which is that you need to enhance on innovation capabilities through greater resourcing and stronger governance. And that's where um, we'll, we're going to be picking up regarding, um, but embracing data science. You need to also commit to greater collaboration and expand engagement with coalition organizations to look at system-wide complex industry changes. So investment professionals, they need to understand the opportunities brought about by the new technologies and data and identified how they could be best deployed to serve client objectives. They need to embrace creative thinking, teamwork, collaboration, innovation, but grounded in ethics. Again, um, product life cycles are accelerating and knowledge continuing needs to be updated. We need to commit to lifelong learning, which is one of the main uh, principles of CFA Institute and our charter holds. So Zara, I'm going to turn to you because that really was setting the scene and trying to sort of provide, you know, where are we going as an industry and what the challenges are. But this briefing paper on fintech in the EU, it discusses how the rapid growth of financial technology has been impacting investors' experiences in financial markets. What for you, as, as one of the authors, are the main benefits and issues of the increasing use of fintech in the investment industry? Thanks, Josina. First of all, thank you for having me here today. Uh, it's great uh, to be here in the show. Um, I would say that some of the topics you mentioned before are impacting directly uh, the benefits and issues we are we are having um, in the fintech sector. So um, if we go uh, to the answers we received from our e, uh, EU CFA societies, we could see that some of them were related to things that are within our control zone, some of them in the influence zone, and some of them in the adaptation zone. I, I will explain this later on. So um, on the benefits, some of the societies mentioned that um, we could have cost efficiency. Why? Because typically fintechs offer lower commissions and fees compared with traditional financial institutions. In addition, they mentioned there could be a better tax customer experience. Why? Because usually these entities will offer user-friendly interfaces for the clients. And in addition, uh, we expect there is an increase in the range of offering of financial products and services and increase in competition. That's good. Those are the opportunities for financial industry. Of course, there are issues that go in hand, for example, um, concerns about security or data privacy, and what about the regulatory challenges we are going to face in the in the upcoming years. But in any case, as I was telling at the beginning, there are certain things that are under our control zone as professionals in CFA. So we, in our companies, in our families, in everything we do in our day-to-day, -day, we can impact positively that uh, these uh, issues 
can um, you know can be addressed. Why, if you are in a company and you can have the chance to invest more money in security, you are impacting positively the industry. So uh, there is another zone, the influence one. Uh, you know a lot of this, Josina, because we are working in advocacy. Uh, you know uh, how we can impact the opinion of the regulator and, of course, of the authorities and what's co going on in the future. But uh, again, it's influence. You can control it 100%, but you can influence there uh, these potential issues. And there is an adaptation zone where we have to be adapted to the changes that the society demands. And the society is demanding a more digital environment where even there will be changes in the business models of the entities. And this will impact directly or, um, you know, our members in CFA, we have to be, uh, we have to realize that this is coming. This is not something we can manage, not at all, because uh, as I said, we can control center things, we can uh, influence certain things, but we have also to realize there are other things out of our control. Yes, uh, Zara, you raised very pertinently the issue of um, we have to progress with the way society is moving and what our investors are expecting of us. And I think that that is a very important point. Uh, it brings to mind some of the discussions I had with regulators where, um, let's say, 20 years ago, uh, regulators would only think of one type of investor um, in terms of generations, the baby boomer, those who classically need an advisor, need a physical presence of a bank, etc. However, now um, we they face and we face three different types of uh, generations of investors. Going from the baby boomer to Generation Z with very different expectations, very different ways of, of handling information. And I think that's one of the challenges that the EU has been trying to, to, to reach out. So the EU um, has been one of, the, one of the first regions in the world to uh, attempt to look at, at and, and regulate crypto assets. Um, also, operational resilience through two pieces of legislation, namely DORA, which is the Digital Operational Resilience Act, and MICA, the Markets and Crypto Assets. Now, for you, with these two, harnessing and trying to legislate something that is so fast moving, what for you are the challenges of these two pieces of legislation that are, that, that are now, that you're now encumbering as a member of the financial industry? Sure, there are challenges, Josina, but also opportunities, as you may imagine, right? So, of course, these two regulations will introduce challenges in terms of uh, regulatory compliance, but they will also offer opportunities for the whole society. Let's go to, to DORA, right? Uh, we face here, I would say, a couple of big issues, but uh, of course, there are a lot. It depends on the person you are talking to, but I would highlight First of all, the tech expertise. So uh, DORA proposes a, a new framework for the European Union where there is direct oversight of critical technology third parties. So that's something that was not happening before, so straightforward. So this is not an issue only for the companies or, 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 or the professionals in the industry, also for the regulators and the authorities, because uh, everybody should understand the same rules of the game. Um, it's, it's happening right now. Sometimes we lack of the right professionals to be in the right places to understand whatever is happening, right? So uh, in this sense, competent authorities will have to consider if they have enough resources and technical skills to deal with this new reality, right? And again, um, you know, until they, 
uh, if we are talking about, I don't know, the banking industry or the markets industry, uh, we have the regulator and the company, and then they both discuss whatever uh, was in the agenda. But right now we are including more people in the in the field. So uh, maybe you remember this famous quote that there are more than there are three of us on this marriage. So in this in this occasion, we have more than three people on a stage. So uh, all the parties should be interconnected and should cooperate together in order we have a better outcome of what regulation is expecting. So um, this implies, as I said before, not only the companies or, or the authorities, but also these third parties that usually they are not dealing with uh, the European uh, supervisory authorities in, in the markets, insurance and banking, and they should bring uh, not only their expertise, but their cooperation, right? To, to gain confidence and trust because that's that's the key part of everything. And what about the trust? I just want to interject one comment because it's, it's, it's important to CFA DNA and that is ethics. And you know, as a charter holder, that ethics is an important part of the, of the charter. You yearly subscribe to an ethics code. Uh, because it 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 is it is important to to keep that that trust, and I think this is a challenge for for regulators and supervisors to make sure that this trust is 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 there as products become more complex. And and I think you know you as as head of compliance, you I'm sure you this is something you're dealing with in in your day job. Absolutely, Josina, it's trust. You know in the chain of people that is working uh, on anything because in the end finance is about people we don't have to we don't have to forget that so um, of course the 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 expertise and and the issues that are going to appear uh, will be crucial to be understood for all the parties involved but they should remain uh, with an open mind to try to understand each other because that's going to be the key to succeed we have to understand each other and most of us speak different languages and I'm not talking about, you know, formal languages because of uh, country barriers. No, I'm talking about different languages in terms of which is our day to day. So, yes, of course, uh, trust is the key to succeed. And and that is a really important point you raised that we all speak different languages. And that for me is it, it, it was interesting during the COVID period, um, CFA Institute came out with a global COVID survey, as we called it, and we surveyed our global membership on what were the challenges, uh, also with regards to regulation. And one of the things that came out of that survey, which really struck me, and I keep on showing it to regulators, is the fact that our members globally thought it was absolutely crucial to work together with regulators and supervisors to build the new industry. And that's very different to where the industry found itself after the financial crisis when the two sides were almost in opposition and one was using a stick and the other one was saying, we are getting a tsunami of regulation. And you could see now this shift in focus of trying to work together. And I think that that is really, for me, one of the most important lessons probably that of, of the recent years. So now, of course, the Spain is the current president uh, of the EU. And one of its priorities is to accelerate the digital agenda in the six months that it's leading the presidency as one of the last presidencies really before um, elections come into being for a new legislative period. So 
What do you think, Sarah? How can the EU further regulate the fintech sector? Should it regulate or should we look more to standards, more towards industry to do more voluntary uh, monitoring? Um, but at the same time, how can we ensure data privacy and security and as well as what we've mentioned, the respect of ethical standards? I would say that one of the priorities uh, you said is to accelerate the digital agenda and you just mentioned it, one of the, or you, ju you just have the answer, cooperation. And cooperation starts from the day one, from the very initial moment. And this is not the regulator asking the uh, companies, okay, uh, these are the rules and you have to comply with them. It's just, we have to work together. And regulatory sandbox uh, have been one of the main big uh, stars in the, in the latest years because they've allowed both of the um, parties in, in, in the movie to act together, to find solutions together and to see in real time the impact of new products, new services, and how this new technology at uh, progress can be um, can interact with those concerns you mentioned about data privacy and security. Because as I said, everything is real time. They can cooperate together instead of waiting until reporting is done or until enforcement is, is required, right? So uh, that's pretty good. At least uh, I can say in Spain, I know better this uh, play field. Uh, there were six editions of the regulatory sandbox. So that's pretty new uh, for everybody in the market, but this brings a good idea of how much interest this is creating because companies within banking, securities, and insurance, all of them are participating in a lot of um, innovative topics that usually are hard to implement when you have traditional financial institutions processes, right? So that's that's quite good. And of course, um, if we are including in the play field new agents, new companies, new fintechs, we should consider that a risk-based regulation is needed. So sometimes the uh, entry barriers are so high, uh, regulators are working on that direction. And as we were mentioning, sandboxes will help to understand, be understand better their needs. But this is crucial um, to require what's needed for the specifics of every entity and not something that is uh, general for, for the whole industry because this can stop in the end innovation. And of course, we don't have to forget finance is about people. We were discussing that before. And finance in the end, we are talking about the society and how society interact with each other. So education and awareness is also crucial. Uh, you know that the European Union has a specific uh, digital education action plan that is, this was started a couple of years ago and it's going to take until 2027. So uh, I hope that the, the outcomes of this program will be um, perceived by all of us. And of course, this will shape the future, not of only of the financial uh, professional, fi the professionals in the financial industry, but also for the society in general, because we need everybody on board. This is not only about we in finance. This is something about integrate everybody's in, in, in this new vision of how we understand uh, the finance industry. So as a summary, the European Union has to balance between accelerating uh, the digital agenda and of course, um, at the same time, implement these uh, regulation in an appropriate manner in order to do not stop this innovation. 
I think you have um, really given us a very good sort of um, future forward-looking agenda where the digital agenda might, the, the path it might follow also in the next legislation. And, and going back to my introductory remarks on the future state of the investment industry report, um, fintech disruption is going to affect uh, the investment industry, as we have uh, as we have said. What do you think, in your opinion, that the role of CFA Institute and CFA Society Spain and other societies in in the world to make sure that uh, members are keep kept abreast of what's happening in fintech, can benefit from the proliferation of fintech, but also uh, how to promote sufficient investor protection. And one point I want to raise in this, and I, I, I would like to have your view on this, is that um, as a co-president of a jury for a global ethics prize, uh, I read a lot of papers uh, from young people on ethics. And really it was very interesting because um, a recent uh, prize winner, um, who is an engineer, mentioned that, uh, in fact, you know, the teaching of ethics and business conduct ought to be enlarged to uh, people who are uh, studying IT, to people studying engineering, whatever, because they are coming into the finance industry. And not everyone, unfortunately, has a CFA charter in which they learn about ethics. But we do need to make sure that those new entrants, new professionals, coming in from a variety of backgrounds, which is great, um, have that same concern to the ultimate client and that same duty of care, which is important if we get to keep the trust. Trust that the regulators and supervisors grant us, but trust that our clients grant us. So what what is your take on that, Sarah? Justina, I couldn't agree more with you. So um, I would say in a sentence what CFA um has the CFA has the opportunity to think not just in the candidate we're having the next year, but the candidate we're having in 10 years' time. So if we keep that in mind, all the actions that come after that will help us to shape what's going to be the future of the industry. So, of course, uh, CFA has um, a good reputation, has power to, to, to push this, right? And, and, you know, even during this year in the CFA program, there were enhancements, in fact, to include or to accelerate the digital uh, training to our associates and to, to our members. So, um, in fact, we are talking about including Python, artificial intelligence or data science topics in the curriculum. That's, that's quite good. And, of course, you also mentioned that before, uh, ethics. So, guidance and CFA uh, has a a perfect code of ethics, ethics and standards of professional conduct that could be shaped also in order to address these new challenges we are going to face. We are, we are in the middle of that. We are working on that. But of course, this, this will be one of the priorities to, to address new challenges. And third, advocacy is a, is a key too, because this is our connection uh, also with the uh, agenda with CFA Institute, but also with the agenda of the regulator. So these main three actions, as I said, uh, training, focus on that, uh, guidance and advocacy, thinking all the time about the potential candidate we're having in 10 years will help us a lot. And at local level, of course, this is not something that CFA Institute should be doing in isolation. This is something the societies locally have to support. And of course, uh, you mentioned 
we are used to a world where finance professionals are wearing suits, but now we have people with t-shirts, right? So wearing t-shirts because okay. we are talking about guys that are working in IT or that science or other topics completely out of the current perimeter of what we understand by, by finance. But more and more and more, they are bringing their expertise and they are having key roles in the finance industry. So yeah. relationships, relationships with universities and uh, with employers, understanding what they need and what are going to be those needs, not now, but in 10 years' time, uh, of course, this will help us a lot to, to shape the future. Thank you, Zara. Um, thank you very much for your open and very sort of encompassing points and also for um, pushing us all to think outside the box. And I think that that is important in this new area that's coming. It's the diversity. We, we are looking for diversity. The industry is being diversified. It's no longer just um, white males in suits. It's a, a very vast variety, uh, not least, of course, women, but age-wise, um, um, where we come from. And I think that is incredibly important. The world is global. Finance is global. And I think uh, fintech can help us to, to, to reach that diversity. Zara, thank you very much indeed for this conversation. To my audience, look forward to the next uh, Let's Talk EU podcast, always looking to what is EU regulation doing to the financial markets and what is CFA Institute bringing into this discussion. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.